I wanted all the little Baileys in the crowd to have someone to cheer for like I did. But now I have to be the complete opposite. So now I hate all the children and the little babies in the crowd. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves, and we have got an explosive edition of the show for you this week. The longest reigning SmackDown Women's Champion in history joins the show. Plus, we break down what we know thus far about the road to WrestleMania. We're talking all things Sasha versus Bianca, and we're going to take a look back at last week's crazy episode with the new WWE Champion. I can't do all of this by myself Please welcome my guest, my co-captain, the man who spent all weekend trying to join the royal family, Vic Joseph. Oh, we're going to let some sparks fly today. I did not try to join the royal family, by the way, but we did have an explosive show, as you mentioned last week. And I'm very excited to have Bailey on later on in the show. I got a lot of really cool feedback from the ATB faithful about last week's episode. Not only WWE champion Bobby Lashley, but getting an in-depth talk with Apollo. I'm loving everything that both of these guys are doing. What sort of feedback did you get? I got great feedback. And for me personally, someone who has known Apollo for so long, I even learned new things about the man, you know, stories about his dad, his upbringing uh, from last week. So that was cool. But when Bobby came on, just how intense is that guy? Whether it's it's on a podcast or, or walk into the ring or getting in the ring. I mean, that guy is uh, he used the word legitimize last week. And that yes. has really stuck with me for the last seven days, more so after what we witnessed this past Monday with him in the ring against the Miz in their championship rematch. So uh, well, a lot of great I'm feedback, you off. man. Let's what? talk about what happened prior to the moments leading up to the, the championship match with the Miz, the new All entrance. Right? We, you said legitimize. You talk about, oh my God, am I in? It was you unbelievable. <laughs> the lightning, it felt huge. The new graphics. I mean, Bobby is built like a, a Greek god, and the graphic mm-hmm. reflects such. The, everything saying almighty, all the gold everywhere. When he showed up at the Thunderdome in a three-piece suit with the title over his shoulder, man, I, I'm getting fired up just thinking about it. That's what I want my world champion to be. Look like I a star, right? Like absolutely. larger than life. Truly. I mean, redefining what it looks like to be a WWE champion. You, th- When I think of growing up as a fan, you know, the great champions. I, I still always hold them to the Ric Flair standard. Okay. You're dressed to the nines all the time. You look like a million bucks every time. Nobody ever sees you at less than that uh, unless you're in the heat of battle. And that's what Bobby's bringing in the whole hurt business for that matter. When he's flanked by Cedric and Shelton with the, with the tag team titles and MVP, you know, flanking them. It, it's just everything about the presentation and everything that Bobby's doing right now. It, I'm just a fan of, and this, I, I say this, without trying to sound anything like a corporate shill. This is me as a wrestling fan saying, my God, I haven't been this excited about anything as I am with Bobby Lashley being WWE champion. Well, looking at you and knowing when you actually get excited, there's a little squint in your eyes when you actually get really excited about something. And I know this is a podcast, but you're squinting right now. So I actually (laughs) genuinely know that you are excited. But the thing for me When I see Bobby on TV, I do not want to turn the TV off because he does not look like a guy who I'm going to see when I'm walking the dog around the lake here in Orlando, Florida, or I'm going to the food store. He is a star. He is a massive star. He looks like a 
guy who literally you do not want to meet in an alley because he literally could lawn dart my ass across the city of Orlando. So he's just such a, a, a powerful superstar. When you hear him talk, you listen to him. When you see him on TV, you want to watch him. You don't want to change the channel. You want to see what he's going to do. And I, I also want to talk about the Miz for a second because I usually envy the Miz. Like, man, this guy has it all. Was not envious of him on Monday because I haven't seen Miz get lifted that high and <laughs> drop that hard unless he was jumping off of a ladder when he won money in the bank. I mean, Bobby Lashley was just, even the full Nelson, Miz's face just turned purple. purple I was yeah. like, just tap, dude. Just, 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 get, just get out of it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he's, he's must watch. I love everything happening on Monday Night Raw with Bobby Lashley at the helm. I want to switch gears real quick, though, to something going down on Friday Night SmackDown. We're on the road to WrestleMania. We talk about it ad nauseum. Everybody knows. But we're still far enough out that the picture is still becoming a little more clear as we approach WrestleMania. We're still not sure what the entire card looks like. Obviously, Roman Reigns versus Edge for the Universal Championship looks awesome. Big-time marquee match. The only other surefire match that we have at this particular juncture Sasha Banks defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Bianca Belair. I'm stoked about this. I want to get your thoughts right off the top, Vic. Well, I'm very excited about the, as you mentioned, Roman Reigns edge, but there could be a little twist in that coming up at Fastlane with the with with Daniel Bryan. So that's something that you're right, to me you're right. is very interesting, right? We'll get to that a little bit later, now. but you're right. You're I'm not trying to jump the gun. I'm just trying to look at it at the retrospect. When I think of the women's match, and, and I hope we get a chance really to dive into this with Bailey because you and I get sidetracked very easily, you know, and all of a sudden we'll start talking about something else. And I'm like, oh man, we've got to talk about these 15 things with somebody. I hope we get to talk about this, Sasha, Bianca, because Sasha was to me that must see superstar in NXT before I came to the company. And I've seen her rise and everything she's done. And for Bianca Belair, a lot of people talk about the it factor. She has the it factor. She's going to have the opportunity on the biggest stage to prove that she has the it factor. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it on a stage like WrestleMania. So this is really going to be, and I know she won the Royal Rumble, great hats off. This is now the moment for Bianca Belair to sink or to swim, to step up or take a step back. And I'm very interested in that match for that reason right there. When we drafted Bianca to Friday Night SmackDown, I believe my initial reaction was she's going to be a world champion sooner than later. I didn't know it was going to be this soon. I don't know that this is Bianca's time yet. However, I love everything about this matchup. I said something to the effect on SmackDown a few weeks ago of how it's similar to Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. Brady is the established star, arguably the greatest of all time. There's your Sasha Banks. Bianca Belair is Patrick Mahomes, he, the new rising star, the, the hot hand, the young gun. And they're both obviously, and, and that's not to say that Sasha's anywhere near the end of her career. Uh, but as far as the, the public perception of her, she is the Tom Brady of the women's division right now at this moment. Here comes the, the, new, the new face, the new star. But in my opinion, this is really intriguing to me because I feel as though the issue with Sasha, I know they've been rubbing shoulders with one another. They're kind of, they've got a tag team title match coming up. It strikes me and maybe it's just me, but I don't know if it comes through the screen to anybody else that Sasha doesn't like Bianca because Bianca is what Sasha has always envisioned herself being. Mm, and, I don't, like, and I don't mean that as, as a disrespect and, and I'm I don't sure think you Sasha's are, fans are going to eat me alive on Twitter and that's okay because I stand by this. Sasha Banks, her resume speaks for herself, despite what I say and the jokes that I make about her character on commentary. As a sports entertainer, 
Sasha's breathing rarefied air, man. She's on the super elite level. She, she's, you know, transcendent. But here comes Bianca, who in about a fraction of the time that Sasha took to get to where she's at, Bianca's now right there. And Bianca's got the swag. Bianca's got the power. Something about Bianca when she comes out is just cool. It makes, it makes everybody kind of pay attention. Um, I, I think to use Bobby's word about legitimacy or legitimize, I think Bianca has the opportunity to legitimize herself at WrestleMania as being who Sasha Banks wants to be. I agree. It's kind of like the, uh, the I like to use when I talk to you analogies that are in a bar. It's like when you go into the bar and you're like, oh, I'll have a shot. And then the guy goes, well, I can do two of them. Well, I can do three of them. I can chug that beer in eight seconds. What I crappy can bars are you hanging out at? I don't know, some pretty low life places. So it, it comes back to that one upsmanship between Sasha and Bianca. That's how it right. comes off to me. It's kind of like, mm, yeah, just know your place right now, there, right. young lady. And it's like, whoa, whoa, no, I'm here to take that because I've already surpassed you. But, but that's what it is. It's Sasha's mentality of, okay, young lady, I've got this. This is mine. You'll, you'll be good someday. Just not and, right now. And Bianca's going, no, no. Get out of the way. Now's my time. I, it's, it's a clash in, in personality, in uh, theory about who they are as, as superstars. I dig everything about it. Wait, wait, what do you mean what places I'm hanging out in? You typically have, have shown me those places. Golden Gopher comes to mind as one in Los Angeles. Don't give you away all walk, our spots, Vic. I need to have, You usually have, walk me into those places. That's true, and you drag me out. Uh, sometimes it's been the other, <laughs> the other way around actually but i'll take credit for that one. Oh, Ooh, okay back on topic we started the show talking about bobby lashley and how the presentation and everything about the almighty yeah. just is money it's just mega star sasha is a star sasha's a big star which is why she's been able to cross over and do you know the mandalorian and she gets all these opportunities doing nascar and appearances sasha banks is a legit superstar but I'm just, I get this feeling. I, I've been watching this, this business for my entire life. And you just, I feel like now at this point, I can look at somebody and go, there's something there. That's something big. And not to toot my own horn, but toot, toot. There's been a, 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 a lo, a many occurrences of me throwing ideas on this podcast out into the universe. And suddenly they manifest themselves on TV. I have an idea what I'm talking about from time to time. And when I see Bianca Belair, I see Megastar. Your eyes are squinting again. I'm excited. You're getting excited again. It's nice to see you getting excited in the first 15, 20 minutes of the podcast talking. Especially, to me. especially since I like just woke up and I'm still trying to get my brain functioning and firing properly. You look uh, great, Phil. I, I, I feel bad for Bailey. She's going to be our guest here on oh, After the Bell. No. And she is on the West Coast. She's at, in California. So I think it's like probably still dark outside where she's at. Probably. She probably hasn't even had her cup of coffee or whatever she gets going in the morning. That's right. all right. No rest for the weary. I'm coming at That's her true. full speed ahead. I want the answers. Last time she was on my show, she hung up on me. What? Yeah. She, I think it was the very first episode of After the Bell. Well, she hung up on me. I have to put that in my notes now. For, yeah, yeah, write that hold down. Hold on a second. Right. Got to remember that one. Yeah, for sure. All right. Good talking you, to you. See you next week. <laughs> Well, Vic, I have to admit, WrestleMania just can't get here soon enough. Neither can the rest of this show. So much more to get to. We're going to round up all things going on in the WWE universe. And don't forget, the host of Ding Dong Hello joins the show. ATB will be right back. It's after the bell. I am Corey Graves. He is Vic Joseph, the voice of NXT. Got a lot more to get to, Vic. A lot of happenings 
in the world of WWE this week. Uh, you mentioned it uh, a little bit earlier when I scolded Sorry. you for jumping the gun. I didn't. I just got excited. That the, the one confirmed men's main event for WrestleMania uh, is is in flux, is up in the air, so to speak, after this past Friday night on SmackDown. Daniel Bryan earning an opportunity at the Universal title at Fastlane uh, by beating Jey Uso inside of a steel cage, which you're welcome for me explaining to everybody how a steel cage match actually works. I know that was foreign information to most people, but by the time Daniel Bryan and Jey Uso got in the ring, I feel as though the millions of people watching SmackDown on Fox had a much better understanding of exactly what they were about to witness. Typically, when you have a conversation with you, you understand life better walking away from it. Thank you. That was the nicest thing. You can click that, by the way. We can use that on social media <laughs> if we'd like at some point. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns at Fastlane. Uh, this is a match that sells itself. You've got Daniel Bryan, maybe the best in-ring of all time, I would say. Uh, obviously, one of the most popular of all time. Uh, and Roman, who we talk about week after week, who's just much like I said, Sasha just firing on a different level. Um, what do you see happening in this one? Do you see it affecting the outcome and the match that takes place at WrestleMania? I, I don't necessarily know, but either way, Edge versus Roman Reigns or Edge versus Daniel Bryan is awesome. Sure. It, it, to, to it's me a win-win for anybody. Yeah, it, it, it really is. It, it can't it, negatively it, it affect the match in any, in any way. Me sitting back for a moment, I would love to see Daniel Bryan versus Edge at WrestleMania. Okay, I don't disagree with you, but why? Because of the passion in which both speak. When Daniel Bryan got into the ring and, and cut the promo about this might be his last opportunity to main event at WrestleMania because of his age, the wear and tear, and, and the list goes on and on, that spoke to a lot of people. And to me, it was like, wow, that's reality. That's that gray area we always talk about. And now you tie it in with a guy like Edge, who has been gone for as long as he was to come back to do everything that we've already talked about, even with him a few weeks ago here on this podcast. It's very intriguing to me to see those two and what sort of masterpiece that they could put together on a blank canvas at WrestleMania. Two guys that have never faced. You, you know, two guys have never yeah. touched yeah. that. That's interesting to me because I think edge is around for a little bit. I know Roman Reigns is going nowhere. Roman Reigns is the guy and he has been on fire since he returned with Paul Heyman at his side. This is the true Roman Reigns. When he speaks, he also speaks with reality and passion. But for me as a fan sitting back to win, win either way, I, I would love to see Daniel Bryan, in edge at WrestleMania. I'm not going to argue any of those points because they were all valid. And I think to a degree, I agree with all of them. However, I want Roman Reigns headlining WrestleMania, whether it be against uh, edge or anybody else. To me, Roman is the guy we need as a, as a company, as a culture to realize what we have with Roman Reigns. That's the guy. The reason that everyone's pissed off at Roman is the stuff that he and Paul Heyman say every Friday night on SmackDown is the truth. It's true, yeah. When Roman says, this place needs me, it does. Yeah. When Roman says, the guys in the back need him, they do. And, and, I'm, and without pulling the curtain completely off, there is a lot of truth to all of those statements because Roman is, is box office right now. And Roman, to your point, is not going anywhere. Roman's going to be the dude for the foreseeable future. I don't see anybody coming along in the next six months, year, two years, maybe that is going to take that spot from the head of the table. I am very excited for the match at Fastlane with Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. 
I, I think back to uh, Elimination Chamber, that brief interaction they had, the little match after the Elimination Chamber match, when Brian locked in the yes lock. <laughs> you jumped out your seat, dude. I jumped out I of my like, chair. Oh. I, was, I, I believed. I bought in. And I know a lot of people feel that way. So that's, that's exciting to me. That's intriguing. Um, but I, I like the, the idea that it's edge versus Roman in a, in a sort of a cross generational clash edge was the guy edge has been the guy already. Roman is the guy Brian could throw a wrench into all those plans. And I don't think to your point, anybody would be upset about it, but I'm looking forward to what's being advertised right now at WrestleMania. And I'm not lost that, you know, I get to eat meals because of Roman Reigns and my paycheck keeps coming in because of guys like Roman Reigns. I do not get lost on that fact. And I will reiterate again, Roman Reigns is going nowhere. The best Roman Reigns I have seen, whether working in the WWE or being at home, sitting on a couch as a fan uh, four or five years ago, this is the best version of that superstar. But the one thing that when you said I jumped out of my seat because it made me believe, aren't we as a wrestling universe? And I use the word wrestling. Don't we want to believe again right now? Definitely. Definitely. I, I'm sick of seeing people on the internet, what you know, negativity and all oh, this is that I want to believe. And for that moment in time, I believe Daniel Bryan was going to win. Why? Because I know Corey Graves, the person. And when I looked at the screen and saw you standing up, leaning over the table with your hands on it, I lost myself in the moment. And I believed. And I think Daniel Bryan can get us all to believe again. And Daniel Bryan edge at WrestleMania would just be absolutely electric. That's my selling point on it. Like hey, it or don't, whatever. I'm it. just I saying it. It. No, no argument for me. This is this is a win-win situation for everybody. No doubt about it. Uh, I just foresee the big dog Roman Reigns uh, doing what he does best on the grandest stage of them all, and really solidifying himself as the head of the table for yeah. a long time to come. Uh, but we talk about opportunity. That's a word that was used many times in this last part of the conversation. Someone who asked for an opportunity, uh, nay, demanded opportunity, was none other than Miss Peyton Royce this past week on Raw Talk. Uh, sort of set the internet ablaze in the, the immediate reaction to it. Uh, did you get a chance to get eyes on this, Vic? Yeah, I, I did. And I just want to speak on uh, Peyton Royce is the person. For, for a moment. I don't want to get lost in, you know, she said you can, you win and it's where the money is. Peyton Royce doesn't do this for a paycheck. Peyton Royce loves this. She loves wrestling. This is an art form to her. Uh, when she was or was not on television and I was in the performance center, she was in there working, joining classes, helping others because she just loves this business. That's what I heard from her. And then I think about it as someone who was in her early 20s, not moving out of, I moved from Ohio to Florida. You moved from Pittsburgh to Florida. She moved across the world. She left everything, like she stated, from Australia all the way to America, whole new life, whole new, there's a, a thing for me. When I first got here, she was like the locker room leader in NXT. She kind of helped me say, hey, this is the path. This is how we do things. This is the right way. This is the wrong way. And I've always thanked her for that. So to hear her speak her truths, it resonated with me because that was the person talking, not a character. And that's where it sat for me is, do I necessarily think that she's in the top 98% of the performers? No, I, I don't. I'm just going to be honest with you. She's in the bottom 2%. That's harsh. No, she's not that in the bottom stiff, two man. either. Oh, she's gosh. Here we go. Great. Way to turn it around, Graves. I'm just uh, saying. You know, but there's a lot of truth to what she she has said in Fans will go, oh, well, wait a minute. She won the tag team championships with her best friend at WrestleMania just a few years ago. She's had opportunities. 
I look at the person who has worked very hard day in and day out, who has been overlooked in her own mind, and I believe that she has, and has had literally picked up her life for this business, the art that she loves. It spoke to me about the person, and that's who I focused on when I heard her talk. Wasn't the character, was the person that spoke. So to me, I don't have that same sort of relationship with Peyton. I've known her. She's always been very, very nice to me. I, I, I'm friendly with her, but I don't know her even on the level that you do. Um, and I was a huge fan of the Iconics and everything that she and Billy did together. I mean, I, I genuinely enjoyed all those interactions. Anytime they were on my screen, I was just tickled. Like it just kind of made me laugh. They were very entertaining tickled? to me. Did you tickled. just say tickled? I did say tickled because I would like that clip. Cause that's going to be my ringtone for you. I, what, I was tickled. tickled. I was tickled. I was tickled. It, it made just me not some Corey Graves laugh. would say is tickled. I'm, I'm broadening my horizons, Vic. Okay? I challenge you this Friday on SmackDown to get the word tickled into the show. Dude, have I ever not delivered on one of your challenges? You have not. I'm the guy who works in lyrics. sync lyrics into the show. Okay. And got and I was and got a staked in. It was digital, digital get down for those that don't know what we're referencing in a replay. Yeah. Back to the topic at hand. We got off topic again. Yeah. And 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 the, I mean, no, let's stay on this topic. Let's talk about all the slayer lyrics I've worked in and, and Megadeth. And I mean, I'm, that's pretty much my I work kiss lyrics into 205. All the titles is kiss songs. Okay, anyway, I want to talk about Peyton Royce right now. Uh, no, I want to talk about have, this. I don't have the relationship uh, with Peyton that you do. But again, I, I, I respect her, everything that she's done. I know she's an incredibly hard worker. What, what I loved most was the Iconics. When they split, when they went their separate ways, I don't think I'm speaking out of, out of line by saying everyone and their mother saw Peyton as the breakout star. I think everybody kind of said, okay, well, Billy, Billy's the sidekick. Whereas as far as if we're gauging television time as success, Billy took the ball and ran with it. Billy's been on SmackDown practically every Friday. She's incredibly entertaining, makes me laugh, still makes me feel tickled, Vic. Uh, but, but so Billy's been kind of doing her thing where Peyton has sort of been floundering. That's not for lack of talent, not for lack of ability, definitely not for lack of passion. To me, as a fan, to try to look at this objectively, I don't know who Peyton Royce is anymore. I know who Billy Kay is. Billy Kay has the resumes. She's, she's silly. She's funny. Peyton is a good looking girl. Who's good at wrestling to me right now. It just looking at it objectively. I, I let's say, which a lot of our fan base doesn't listen to this podcast and doesn't tune in and watch every minute of content that we create. So I like to hold everybody to a standard. If you're flipping through the channels or my friend who doesn't watch wrestling, comes in and sits down. Do they know who you are? If, if the guy who was feeding Vic five shots at the bar puts you talking right now, (laughs) turns turns the TV on having never watched WWE. Can she look and, or can that person look and say, Oh, I know what that person's about. I get that person. I, I understand it. That's what I'm not getting from Peyton. And that's not to say she's not capable of it. I just don't know beyond what I just described, who she is. Why do I want to see her face Asuka? I'm but sure she's go capable. back to a lack of opportunities, not being no, given an opportunity no. to showcase that. I, I would say 100% no. I say okay. in this business, in this company in particular, and this will actually tie all the way back to the Miz and what Miz said last night to kick off Raw. He's never had sick days. He's never injured. He is just consistent. And every time Miz has gotten an opportunity, no matter how stupid it may sound, we want you to go out there and have your suit stripped off and run out of the arena in your underwear. Guess who does it to the best of his ability? The Miz. 
There's a reason Miz has been here as long as he has and how he was WWE champion a few weeks ago because every opportunity, and this goes to anybody in this business, in this company, this is something I truly believe in. I've had this conversation with many people. In WWE, you may not get many opportunities. So you have to make sure that when you're given any opportunity, you hit a home run, period. If you don't hit a home run, maybe you only hit a single. That's okay. You'll probably get another opportunity, but they're not putting you in the cleanup spot. You're not getting that third spot in the batting order. That's for Roman Reigns. That's for the Miz. That's for Braun Strowman. When you get a, a, a momentary opportunity, that the, the, the old wrestling cliche, making a chicken salad out of Chickens, chicken, yeah. you know what? That That is the most valuable thing. Now, does that mean, you know, Peyton has, has gotten as many opportunities as maybe she deserves? I don't know. Maybe she does deserve more opportunities, but in it, what she did on Raw Talk was masterful. You know why? Because it got the whole world talking about Peyton Royce. That's how I found out about it. I didn't even see Raw Talk. I was scrolling through Twitter and I had about 50 people, including Bailey, who I'm going to ask about later, uh, talking about Peyton Royce. Home run. All right. Now the world's buzzing about you. Now, likely she's going to get some sort of opportunity. Is she going to get Asuka at WrestleMania? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. But, yeah. but she may get Asuka or she may get a high profile match. So guess what? If she goes out there and she, you know, hits a triple home run, we're going to see a hell of a lot more Peyton Royce. I think one thing you and I can agree on though, then is that Peyton Royce has at least created her own opportunity. Yes. And sometimes uh, that's yeah, what you and, need to do. You're right. And she should be commended for that. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Now is her chance. Now you've got the world's attention. What are you going to do with it? Because you can, you can make or break yourself. She might've gotten this opportunity. She demands, she, she wants respect. She wants this. She wants that. Okay, Peyton, here you go. Is she going to crumble under the pressure? Because guess what? I guarantee you she's not going to get what she wants after that. Oh, I, it's hard to argue too. And it's kind of the analogy that I used earlier with uh, Bianca, sink or swim. Yeah, yeah. Here's Absolutely. Your, here, here is your chance. I agree with you, but I would, I would point out this one difference. Okay. Bianca had an opportunity and, and hit she a knocked it out of the park. Yeah. She, she, she construct her way to WrestleMania because the opportunity was presented to her last year. She was in the, the women's Royal rumble match and impressed everybody. And people don't forget. They leave that impression. Oh man. Oh, Bianca, when she gets here, when she leaves NXT and comes to raw or SmackDown, she's going to be a player. She, she didn't have a whole lot of success on Rob for lack of opportunity. She gets her chance on SmackDown home run right? She didn't ask for anything. Bianca just went out and got it. Bianca just took it. Bianca didn't get her opportunity. She didn't win the Royal Rumble because somebody created a hashtag saying she deserves better. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. That, and again, I, I'm sure people will take this out of context and say that, oh, this is disparaging. It's not. It's the business. It's how the business, it's the same on the men's side of things as it is on the women. Uh, you just, you're, you're going to be presented a very limited amount of opportunities and it's up to you what you do with them. No, oh, you can look back at the Miz too, and he's told the story at nauseum. Guy got kicked out of the locker room, had right. to find broom closets, kept pushing forward, finally got his opportunity, did what you mentioned, and and so many other superstars are are that way. I don't want to make it seem like uh, sour grapes for her. I think what she did was great. I think she spoke a lot of truths. I think Absolutely. she spoke as the person. And I don't want to, I don't want to be misconstrued as, as saying such. I'm not trying to come at this from a negative perspective. I'm saying, I'm looking at it objectively going, okay, you want this shot? What are you going to do with it? How do we know you're going to do what you say you're going to do with it? 
I mean, time will tell, but uh, I think it's cool. I think ultimately it's a good thing for Peyton. And, and again, I definitely am looking forward to asking Bailey about it when we chat with her uh, in the very, very near future. Very interested to see what she has to say, actually, about that. You know what, Vic? You're right. I can't wait to hear what Bailey has to say about Peyton Royce. And to that point, let's not wait any longer. Please Ding welcome. Dong. What? You done? Yes. The longest reigning SmackDown women's champion in history, Bailey. Bailey, welcome back to After the Bell. Uh, I have one request because the last time you were on this show, which I believe was the first or second episode that we had it, uh, you hung up on me. And I feel like we're in a (laughs) much better place as friends now than we were a year plus ago. So you you hang out. We said we were better friends. Uh, I mean, so we were already friends. Now we're even better friends. If that's how you want to take it, then great. If that means you're going to stay to here it. for the yeah. duration. All right. Beautiful. How are you? Awesome. I'm doing good. I'm it's good very good. early where you are in sunny California, no? Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, to some people like me, it's very early. It's 8 a.m., which like I barely be scratching my eyes and sitting with some coffee. So now I'm just doing that here. Are you, are you a morning person? Do you usually get up like super early? No. I'm not a morning person. I like to naturally wake up, but lately I've been forcing myself to get up because I think like during the whole pandemic, I've been treating every day like a weekend. Yes. So I'm just like, yeah, I could sleep in. I could do it. I got time. I could do whatever I want. It's noon. It's perfectly acceptable to drink wine. Yeah, exactly. That's been my cutoff. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to wake up early nowadays and make my bed and uh, get my routine going. (laughs) Hey, you do whatever you want. You're the best. Thank you, Vic. You're welcome. I miss hearing that from you. Before we dive too deep into this hard-hitting interview where we will ask the questions to the answers, the world is dying to know. Mela and I were having dinner last night and a song came on and she and I both looked at each other simultaneously and said your name uh, because (laughs) it just spawned that thought. It was uh, Ain't It Fun by Paramore came on and she and I both like instantly went, uh, Bailey. Yeah. And I don't know. I just thought you, you you now have a song associated with your likeness. She texts me and she said every time she hears Paramore, she thinks of me. And I was like, well, yeah, I, I hope so. I don't know who else would remind you of Paramore because I'm obsessed. Well, I don't want to say I'm obsessed with Williams. I don't want to freak her out. I know she watches everything that I do. She's like a huge fan of mine. So I don't want to say I'm obsessed with her. But we're like best friends. So, you know, I got to support my friends. <laughs> I think the Ain't It Fun track plays in your head whenever we hang out. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Totally. Can you sing it? Because uh, sing it, Graves. No, I'm not going to sing it because I can't do it justice. Oh. It's Bailey, okay. you going to sing it? I don't fun. know what song you guys it's are fun. talking about. Come on. Well, sing it. Wow. Wow. Oh, yeah. I know that song. Oh, yeah. Oh, There you go. There see, it is. Now, yeah. See, we're all learning. We're all learning. There it is. We're all becoming better friends. All right. Now, Vic, last week, I afforded you the opportunity to begin the interview, to kick it off properly, and so to I speak. knocked it out of the park. You failed miserably. Yes, so, I did. Oh, my because God. I am an altruistic soul. I am going to allow you the opportunity to try once more, to try not to derail our interview with Bailey before we mm. actually get into it. Okay. Are you Are ready? You 
That's yeah, the right. this mission. was on camera, guys. Come on. No, it all was on camera. No, it all was on camera. It's all gonna be. Okay, okay, I got it. I'm ready. That was that was, that was the cordial uh, welcome to the show. Now we're gonna do the oh. interview. Yeah, that, that's the oh. first four minutes of the podcast. That was like the lockups and let's roll out of the ring and like walk and powder and so. And now we're gonna get back in. And Why now did you have to make it a wrestling thing? Yeah, because dude. that's nerd. how Bailey and I became friends. Was talking about how much of a nerd I am when it came to wrestling. Is that a true that statement? Is true. That is very true. I didn't know how to feel about Vic until I realized. How crazy he goes over Shawn Michaels. Yeah. So, and how a way to throw that one out there. Much appreciated. So let's just get into, let's just get into uh, my dome away from home. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, so so Bailey was afraid to talk about Haley Williams and yeah. her obsession because it might reflect negatively. Guys, this isn't like about she me. These Haley Williams on a weekly basis at like I don't know NXT television. Yeah, I do. How do you compose yourself, Vic? I, I this- don't know because he told me good job last week and gave me a hug, and I was like, oh man. That first right. happened to you, and you're still reacting like that. That was like years ago. I'm just saying, it's just it's it's one of those things. Like Bailey one time had the Shawn Michaels pants. What were they from? Chalk liner. Yeah. She had them, and I go, "Oh, those are awesome." She's like, "All right, I'll get you a pair." Still waiting on oh, those, but I would rock those things every day. Yeah, I rock those things every day. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Right, Graves, can we be professionals? We're, we're trying. I, I just want <sighs> no pressure on this interview. Do it for HBK. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> stop. Makes me giddy. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the beginning of all this. Are you ready now, Bailey? Yep. I'm holding. Okay, my here we go. I'm ready. Did you sneeze? Go ahead. Get it out. She held it in. She's a a warrior. That's a professional. All right. So as I was saying, the dome way for home for me has been the Thunderdome. And I wish I had the opportunity to be there every single Friday with you guys. But to me, sitting at home, you have been one of the very short list of superstars who has been able to add layers to their character, who has been able to move forward as a character. Was that a conscious decision on your part knowing fans were going to be there and you're going to have to react differently to announcers to different segments what went through the process over the last year and change now for you as the character bailey yeah i'm you know just talking to people about it um recently i kind of really realized that having the not having a crowd is i think what helped me the most because i didn't know uh, for one i was having trouble trying to make the crowd believe trying to make the fans believe that this is me now you know i was Bailey with a ponytail and a hugger for so long, it was hard for them to see me in this different character. So they had like a weird, not reacting, don't believe it. They weren't buying into it. And then when I, you know, when we got to the PC, I thought it was going to be a one night thing. And the more that we did it and did it without fans, it was like, okay, you know what? I don't have to worry about them. I could kind of just play off my opponents. I could play off Sasha, who is my tag partner. I could what else can I do? And I could, you know, just be loud and hear echo in the PC. And I thought it was hilarious. And then now that I realize I can hear Graves and Cole on commentary, it's like, if I could hear them, the fans could hear them on TV. So there's definitely like, let me try to say something. And once I started seeing like, now our, our only fan interaction is, you know, through the internet, they read tweets and they could hear it and they think it's funny. So the more that I did it, the more I had fun with it. And I think that's what really helped me find what kind of annoying bad guy I want to be. That's also a part of who I am personally and like how I am with my friends. Like I'm the annoying person who just pushes too many buttons and goes too far. And then it just kind of, you know, everything, every opponent added different layers to me. And 
every time um, I got in there with Sasha, just things that she did, I would play off of. And that added layers to me. And sometimes when you're not on TV, sometimes when you're on TV, the whole show, it's like you have to continuously do things differently to keep people uh, interested, I guess. So that's kind of where I found myself. It's really been a unique situation because you had such a definable character, the, the hugger, the high fives and hugs for everybody. We watched the evolution of Bailey kind of week after week, but the growth happened so slowly and so subtly that it, it I, I see your point. I never thought about how the fans could like work against that, but you, you usually when you reboot a character or you, you, you know, take some time off and you come back and there's a little tweak, a little difference. You've, you've been consistent. You've been constant on TV. We've watched every step of the process and it's, it's crazy now to look and go see who Bailey is today versus two or three years ago. It's a yeah. completely, completely different person. Um, it, was that something you consciously decided to do or did it just kind of work itself out? Well, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Whenever I, I had the urge to change my character, to change direction. And, and I knew I had to, you know, go from being a good guy to being a bad guy. Like that was, that was what I had to do, but I knew I had to do a complete 180 for people to believe me and for people to buy into it, I had to do the complete opposite of what I was doing. Like I was there for the kids. I was all about the kids. I wanted to give them someone to look up to. I wanted to, you know, be who I was when I was a kid, or that's who I wanted to, you know, for the kids to, how do I, what am I even trying I to think say? what you're trying to say is now you hate What I'm you. trying to say is. And that's not what she was I trying to say. Right? Right? That's, that's what I took from it. That's not where she was going. <laughs> I wanted all the little Baileys in the crowd to have someone to cheer for like I did. But now I have to be the complete opposite. So now I hate all the children and the little babies in the crowd. Now, I, uh, I knew I had to cut my hair. I knew I had to stop wearing colors. I knew I had to just be a complete jerk. So I just had to, um, I knew it had to just be, you know, shed the snake skin and forget about it. She added to her first ballot Hall of Fame career, as I always used to tell her when we were on the road. Yeah, it's the, it's the truth. He always said very nice things about me. Uh, yeah. G3 Assistance through Virginia's Community Colleges is your pathway to a new future. Helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3. When I look back and think of, at this point, how crazy long I've known you since you arrived in FCW, uh, and I think it's pretty safe to say that you are a different person than the person that walked in the door. I remember this shy, no, you had no confidence. You were trying to figure out, and it's a weird world to jump into anyway. And I remember you showing up and you were kind of like this, this quiet little mouse that didn't want to ruffle any feathers. And, and now you have your own talk show, your own talk segment. And I remember watching you grow with Dusty and promo day and promo class. And I remember you, you, would freak out. I mean, I think there's a video in one of the 24s or one of the, the documentaries they did about you where there's footage of you and you had a dress on and you look like you wanted to be anywhere on earth, but in front of a camera talking to people. Now, fast forward almost 10 years. Now you're on SmackDown every Friday night, a couple million people watching you do a talk segment. Talk right. to me about that process, your growth as a person. I know. And that's what I have to keep reminding myself. It, this whole like talk show thing, I didn't, I never even thought of, it wasn't even my idea. Like it wasn't even something that I w went to them and said, Hey, I'd love to do a talk show because like you're saying, like that's, I was the complete opposite of um, anything that you see on TV now, you know, like I would get in front of Dusty and I would get in front of you guys and I would 
freak out and just start shaking. All I wanted to do was wrestle and be in the ring. Like that's why I wanted to be in WWE. I didn't care about talking because I didn't know how to do it. And I was crying every single word I let out. I was shivering. Um, but with this, even, you know, in my past, it took me a long time to get comfortable, even as the hugger character, it took me a lot of confidence in, um, the fans believing in me and just with myself, like now I can't believe that I could even do this interview without like not knowing what to say, you know? And I think about the, the talk show that I've only done it twice, but that they've given me this time. And even my sit down promos after um, I turned on Sasha, like to have a spotlight just on me and to have that time for me to talk and for me to feel okay with it. Um, it's really helped me in like everyday life. You know, <laughs> when I see people I haven't seen in a long time, I know how to pick up a conversation or when I talk to my mom about problems or life or work or whatever it is, it's like, it's just helped me find my words and find my voice. And it's so crazy, but it's um, something that I never thought I was going to find when I got signed to WWE. I wanted to be the best wrestler in the world. I wanted to be a champion. I wanted to do it all, but I never thought that this was going to take me to different heights. And I feel like my dream was always to be able to do everything. I just wanted to be well-rounded. I wanted to be the one superstar that can do it all. And I feel like I'm on my way to doing that because this talk show has helped me in, in a different light. So you mentioned only wanting to be a great wrestler. That was your goal when you came to WWE. That's That was your wheelhouse. And there are a lot of, a lot of women and men that have come through the doors that, with that same mentality. You are a testament to it takes more that being your character. And it took you time to figure it out. Uh, Vic and I were discussing earlier in the show, uh, Peyton Royce and her raw talk appearance on Monday night. And it's got the internet buzzing. I know you tweeted something about that. I yeah. know you're, you're a big supporter and fan of Peyton Royce. I made the point that I know a lot of us know how talented Peyton is, but what, who is she? Who is Peyton Royce in the parameters of WWE? That's something you struggled with and you overcame. What advice would you give to her or anybody else kind of struggling to figure out or thinking, well, I'll just wrestle. I'll just be a great wrestler. And that's going to take me to the top. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that works for people and other places it may work. But here, I think for Peyton, I think she's finding it because she's not getting what she wants. And I think she's finding her character by just genuinely being herself. Like everything she said on Raw Talk, I know is is what she feels and what's within her because we talk about it so much. Right. She's been um, she's been someone who, and I don't want to say held down because I don't believe like we deserve this and we're being held down. Like I believe once you get a, a little bit of opportunity, if it if it hits the right people, if it stands out some way, then you're gonna start. It's gonna start rolling. But for me my character stuff came from being who I truly was when I was a big fan and I was a, a dork and so happy to be there. That's how this hugger came about. When I chopped off my hair and changed my attitude, it's because I truly felt that I needed to change my direction in order to get the success that I wanted and it's worked. So I feel like for Peyton specifically, um, this anger is only going to help her and it's going to help her truly find herself. It's going to help her find um, how she wants to carry herself and how she wants to be perceived by the fans and by the company. And it's just going to shine through and her work's only going to help that, you know, you have to have the attitude and she already has her voice. She's already getting so frustrated that it's coming out. So um, for me, I think that's, it's going to work just being her. She has an awesome look, but for, for most people, I would say, you know, you hear it a million times, but 
you have to be yourself turned up to 15 or whatever it is. So it sounds hard to do because we think we're not very interesting. At least I did. I'm like, I'm not an interesting person. The most interesting thing about me is that I love wrestling, but we're all here. <laughs> I work with all these wrestlers. So what <laughs> now what, you know? Right. So it's just our personalities that separate us from each other. that You just have to, you know, amp up. But I, I love Peyton so much. Yeah, when I heard her comments on Raw Talk, I heard the person, not the character, you know, getting to know her over yeah. the last few years as well. And it's interesting when when Graves talked about knowing you for as long as he he has. That's interesting to me because you've always been bubbly. You've always had great conversations. You've always been outspoken. So now that we ask you about Peyton Royce, what would you change now knowing what you know if you can go back to FCW and talk to yourself for nine years ago? Because I think the newer crop of superstars that are in NXT are going to listen to this and they're going to say, wow, they're going to take this as advice from you. So what advice would you give out? Well, man, NXT is so awesomely different now than it was as far as uh, the women. Cause I would, I would say I had such a struggle with thinking that I needed to, Oh, I did. I don't know. It's hard. thinking that I needed to be so girly and so womanly and, and trying to, you know, dress, you know, a certain way and wear high heels and show up in dresses where, you know, it, it, it really just made me uncomfortable. And I think like wearing a dress in promo class made me feel uncomfortable. So I probably looked uncomfortable, which made me way more uncomfortable to even speak because I didn't feel comfortable in my own outfit, you know? So I think I would tell myself like, and AJ Lee, actually, after talking to her throughout, you know, I met her within my first six months there her and Dolph were at a show and she helped me so much which is when my character really started kicking off was you have to be yourself and whatever they want from you and like meet them halfway so I wish I could just tell myself like it's okay to be you they hired you they didn't hire you thinking like oh she'll look great in a dress she'll look great in high heels they hired you because of what you had to offer whatever it is so I just hope that all the um I know it's better now and because we've kind of, you know, the doors way open for the women and, and we love, you know, different variety of women and looks and ethnicities and talents and all that. But I just hope that everybody, if you're first getting signed, that just be yourself because that's the reason you're there. Well, this month, everybody in WWE has been talking about Women's History Month. Obviously, you have been a big part of making a great deal of history in sports entertainment, not only just WWE, but, but talk to me about that. I mean, you grew up as a fan. You watched when, you know, some of your heroes were uh, put in positions or, or maybe not presented in, in such a light as, as they would be today. Uh, what does it mean being part of a true change? Uh, I'm going to back up here just a little bit to where the, the beginning of the, the Give Divas a Chance hashtag movement. And I remember when that was happening, we were all still in FCW or I believe NXT at the time. and. Yeah. It was about, oh, give the women more opportunity and let the women have matches. And I tweeted something to the effect of, wait till you see the girls we have in NXT. Just meaning, I thought I was being positive, going like, hey, uh, these girls are, are great. And it was the first time in my life I'd ever trended on Twitter because everybody was so uh, mad at me going, no, we're not talking about them. And I went, oh, okay. And then like three weeks later, <laughs> uh, Becky and Charlotte and Sasha show up on Monday Night Raw. You would follow... And the women's evolution is now in full effect. Now that you're able, we're on the other side of it. You just carried the company, so to speak. You and Sasha through the whole pandemic, the weirdest period. <laughs> what is it yeah. like to be able to step back and go, hey, like, is it real to you? Do you ever have those moments where you need to pinch yourself and realize what you've accomplished on such a grand stage? 
Yeah, sometimes. I, I was thinking about that yesterday just because of, you know, International Women's Day, but it's been a long time since I stepped out to be like, whoa, look what you've done. Because, you know, even though we do one show a week now for the past year, you still get caught up in the constant, always thinking of what's next. So what am I going to do on the show next? What's my next story? What's my next match? Blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of hard to step out and really see what I've done. But I, when I did my WWE Chronicle with Joey, he had me write a letter to myself because I used to write letters all the time. And all my papers in school were about wrestling and um, about my idols and wrestling and how much I want to be there. So he had me write a letter to myself as me now. And that was the first time I've done that in, I want to say, 10 years, maybe since I started even wrestling. And I immediately, within the first two sentences, started crying. Because I was like, it's been so long since I sat and realized what the heck just happened. Like, I have pictures hanging up from the first Women's Royal Rumble and uh, Evolution and the all-women's pay-per-view and, you know, and my match with Sasha at Brooklyn. So it's really crazy to be caught up in that. But when I really, what I was really thinking about yesterday was that I'm in the locker with, like, Natty and Tamina, who literally went through everything went through those bad matches went through those bad times of having 30 seconds to tell a story and every single almost every single um smackdown we all well a couple of us sit in the locker room and talk about the show and we talk about what we want next and we talk about how we want our locker room to be carried and just learning from natty and tamina over the past you know since i've been on smackdown has been so incredible and we owe so much to them and I'm so happy that they're together right now because I think it's just going to show the world what the whole locker room knows is that they've been carrying this for so long and have gone through so much just to see what it is now. Like they went through everything so that Bianca and Sasha can have this singles match at WrestleMania. You know, that's what I was thinking about yesterday. It's such a it's such a big picture, but man. No, it was their sacrifices that set the stage for those to follow them. Yeah, I mean, and it's everybody too. Like, obviously, I can't name all the women that has helped us, but like, I always have to give credit to AJ because she she changed my life when she just said it's okay to be myself. And I know her whole thing was um, stay weird and you know be yourself, and she dressed how she wanted to, and it it inspires so many girls. But for me, that was the first change for me too. So there's a lot of women that people don't even realize have just made this all possible. It's a very big picture, but it's a very bright picture. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to switch gears here and have a little fun with you. I wasn't going to bring you on here and not have some fun. We do a thing here on after the bell from time to time based off of the greatest segment in Monday night, raw history, the electric chair. Ding-dong that, no, that, oh, that's uh, on, yeah, Smackdown, say, my show's on Smackdown. Yeah. Smackdown. Oh, that's what I was going to say. That's the this greatest is, segment. Oh, this yeah, is why see. Vic is on permanent probation here. On, what do you mean on permanent that? probation? I bring a <laughs> smile to your face. Well, you just, you just see you're opposite. trying not to smile right now, buddy. Hey, I was just looking at our picture of us together with our mimosa. It was in Portland, by the way. Portland. Send it to you. Okay. Yeah. You have to send it to not me. you. Oh, oh, we yeah. had, we me. had corn dogs in, or we, we, we had corn we dogs. We had corn dogs and yeah, we did. Yeah. We yeah, just went rogue cool. one morning and she's like, I'm not going to go work out. And we we're all in a group. And then we're just like, do you want to go get mimosas? She's like, yes. Yeah. And we just like yeah. do, 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 do. went and had a two hour mimosa session. Then I think I took a nap. I don't know what she did, but. Well, yeah. good, Vic. You can go ahead and take a nap for the next 60 seconds or so because I'm go. going to rapid fire questions to you, Bailey. Uh, you have 60 seconds to answer as many as you possibly can. There are no right or wrong answers. 
and if you win, you get absolutely nothing. This is for my entertainment oh my and gosh. my entertainment only. Bailey, you are in the electric seat. Alex, our producer, please throw 60 seconds on the clock. It's the Royal Rumble clock, so there's a little bit of wiggle room. <laughs> and funny, Grace. here we go. Bailey, Kelly Ripa or Kathy Lee Gifford? I don't even know. Kathy Lee Gifford. The Office or Schitt's Creek? The Office. Your dream first post-pandemic concert? Haley Williams. Biggest female influence on your career? Lita. Go-to cheat day meal? Mmm, Mexican food. Anything Mexican food. Last show or movie you streamed? Uh, the Office, honestly. You and me both. Uh, classic WWE match you go back and watch the most? Uh, yesterday I just watched Eddie versus Brock at No Way Out. Beautiful. Favorite superstar other than yourself? Uh, Vic Joseph. Yes. Thank you. Well, we're out of time, Vic. Unfortunately, Damn, you don't get to ask any got? questions. That's it. Well, you ended on the right. You know, Graves, she dressed as me for Halloween once. Yeah. I did. I forgot about that. I have a picture of uh, oh, Bailey as man. Vic Joseph. Yes, I did. And I'll have to share that with everyone. It's like the color you're wearing right now. Okay. No, we don't no, need... no, it was black. No, it was black suit. With yeah. a teal, like a dark green shirt. Oh, Anyways, yeah. moving on. I have one question. Favorite yeah. Polly Shore movie? Go. Uh, dude, why you got to do that? I, it's not that I don't <laughs> know Polly Shore. Once he showed me the picture, I got a lot of crap for that. Um, the one where he's like wearing workout clothes. What's that? He's wearing like short shorts and some. And yeah, as in every Polly Shore movie. Like Biodome no. or Encino Man. Man. In the Army <laughs> yeah, Now. Yeah. Son-in-law. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Goofy oh, movie. Sorry. I thought you would have known him from Goofy, Goofy movie. movie. He's leading Tower go. of Cheesa. It's oh, the leading Tower okay. of Cheesa. That's his voice. Okay. Just Guys, I'm me not around. good at names or song titles. I know lyrics and I know sounds. Like I'm not good at names. We'll work on like, it. I mean, the, I, the detail. I wish we had more time, Graves. I wanted to hear about the story about Cole shaved into the back of her head, but we just don't have time for it. I don't think. Mm, I know. We I don't know. need to talk about Cole. Where we can. I love it. She shut it down for you. (laughs) All right, Bailey. Well, good luck uh, with Ding Dong Hello and on the road to WrestleMania. I'm stoked to see what's in the future. And you are always welcome here on ATB now because you didn't hang up and uh, this worked out quite well. Yes. Thank you so much. I forgive you. All right. Thank you, Bailey. All right. Thanks, guys. Ding Dong. Goodbye. What a fun little chat with Bailey. She's not as she's bad as she seems on TV, right? No, she's the best. She annoys you sometimes, which makes me smile. Because anything that annoys you makes me happy. It tickles me, so to speak. Oh, that's real That's real good. Real cute, Vic. Keep Thank using you. that against me. Thank you very much. Isn't there a uh, Speaking of which, though. Yeah, 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 I'm going to get to that. Speaking of which, though, I, I do have a question I want to throw out to you. I want to throw out to all the listeners. The question of the week. We talk about all these... Uh, Great matches earlier. Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair coming up at WrestleMania in just a few weeks. We talked about Bailey and Sasha knowing their history. What is the greatest women's match in WWE history? Because we could see it coming up at WrestleMania between Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Championship. So many different superstars have had so many great matches. There's the main event at WrestleMania, the triple threat, the first ever main event to feature uh, all women when it was Flair, Rousey, and Becky Lynch. It was Becky and, and Charlotte. I mean, to you, Corey, what is the greatest women's match of all time? 
Well, I have a personal interest in this one because I was able to call it. I was there ringside for it. And that's got to be Bailey, Sasha at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. I agree with you, actually. As many matches as I've called in the years since, I could probably count on one hand the amount of matches that I felt quite like I felt that that night. I sat at home. I wasn't with the company yet watching it. And it had me glued to the TV and wanting more. It left me wanting more out of those two women to see that match again, which maybe it's me now being here for so long that um, grizzled, I guess might be the word, but there's not many matches that leave me wanting more as a fan. That one did for sure. That, that to me is the same as you go. Yeah. I like that match. Well, we want to know what you think. Use the hashtag after the bell tag us at after the bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find him at Vic Joseph WWE, uh, likely in the British Royals uh, forums around the internet because Vic's a What is up with you in this thing today? Uh, I'm using Apple Podcasts, so I'm going to give us five stars. And if you're using Apple Podcasts, five stars is what you should give us. If you're on Android, ATB is on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts so that you never, ever, ever miss an episode and keep up with all your favorite shows in the WWE Podcast Network. Yeah, even the New Day show. It's pretty good. Follow at WWE Podcasts on all social media platforms. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell. <laughs>